We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. Chris Biederman will be joining me in just a bit. Free agency opens in less than two weeks, so we are diving in to an overarching conversation about some players the 49ers should have an eye on in free agency, and then we'll announce something special we're going to start doing next week in our in our efforts to expand our uh, reach and the number of people that get to hear our content. So, and the ways that you can interact with with the content going to be going to be a pretty cool thing we're doing so uh, enjoy this free agency primer blue wire new england sending qb jimmy garoppolo to 49ers we believe we found the right guy garoppolo quick pass caught by kittle he dives and he's in All right, Chris, so I know we're talking 49ers free agency today. We're recording this Thursday, March 4th, so 11 days until the legal negotiating window opens in the NFL, and then 13 days until free agency and the new league year officially start. Before we get to any of the important stuff, I have news regarding our favorite NFL social media mogul. The newest uh, Arizona Cardinal? Yes. Okay. Mr. KJ Watt, uh, JJ Watt. Yeah. So. It's back at it on Twitter. Back at it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So we had some fun 
on our last podcast talking about JJ Watt's use of social media and how he is like a caricature of a high school football player in a movie. Is he in on the bit? I can't decide. I think in some cases in on the bit or just like, this is who he is. He's just like stereotypical football guy. Or I think if he's making fun of the idea of being a stereotypical football guy. No, I think he's a stereotypical football guy. Okay. Because there's never like when someone's in on a bit, there's the occasional like wink, wink post. Right. And I think he just thinks he's super awesome. So, this tweet came to my attention via Chris and then via some of our listeners on on Twitter. So, shout out to the couple of people that directed this to my attention. JJ Watt tweets, post-workout recovery. Parentheses, more like second workout after the chainsaw wouldn't work. And then it's a series of four photos. The first one is three people, none of them JJ. Cutting a hole in some ice, pictured in the background of Chainsaw. Then the hole in the ice. And then J.J. Watt sitting shirtless in the hole in the ice. (laughs) The fourth photo is like a hot room. A sauna. A sauna. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. So, if you wanted to get an idea... Of the type of person or social media persona J.J. Watt carries. God forbid he sit in a cold tub. Right. The guy has enough money to buy a house-sized cold tub if he wants. Like, he's swimming in it. No pun intended. And I just thought it was perfect. You know, less than an hour before we start podcasting, we get just peak J.J. Watt workout slash second workout recovery where he's literally sitting in a frozen pond (laughs) it's yeah you gotta recover man it's it's it just hits the muscles a little different when it's like a real frozen lake or pond or wherever he is the organic water (laughs) high quality h2o is Uh, jj watt bobby boucher if bobby boucher grew up in wisconsin yeah, I don't even have any. It, it It's just so funny. Like the idea of like, should I just get in the cold tub or should I round out some round up some some friends and, and let's go make a social media thing out of this? Like, let's go take pictures of us of us sitting in a frozen lake recovering. <laughs> hey, boys, I got, a, got a special project for us today. Yeah, you got you guys busy today. I got an idea. <laughs> We're going to get so many likes. <laughs> going to go viral. It's going to be really good for my brand. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how agency. that's how we were getting we were preparing for the podcast and this trickled across the timeline and it's like oh okay well we have to talk about it now yeah JJ Watt I just cannot wait let's, for let's, the <laughs> for there's gonna be a video shot of a gorgeous sunset in Arizona yeah and it's gonna be a wide angle and off in the <laughs> distance you're gonna see JJ Watt on the jugs machine like or the just sun's going blasting down. a blocking sled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to, I mean, the the good thing, like, it's a great time to work in, like, work for Cardinal social media or, like, their video team, because J.J. Watt is going to give them so much material. Just a, a content factory. <laughs> 
there was definitely a meeting, right? We'll get to the 49ers in a second, I promise. There was yeah. definitely like a meeting when word came down that they were going to be signing J.J. Watt. They like got they the social to... media team together and were like, okay, we need ideas on how to maximize this juggernaut. They might have to hire additional like camera, tech, sound people, Like producers. just a J.J. Watt team. Yeah. It's like wow, we're gonna have so much more video content now. We better, we better hire somebody. <laughs> and would somebody please get us a goddamn blocking sled? <laughs> the 49ers. Yes, we're finally here. Six minutes. Primer. Out. So, uh, we'll we'll start with some news that Ian Rappaport reported on Wednesday morning. 49ers center Weston Richburg underwent hip surgery. There's no timetable for his return. And it looks like if he hadn't already played his last down for the 49ers, this would would probably confirm that since yeah. it doesn't look like he's going to be ready to play football by training camp and the 49ers can't wait around for Richburg to be healthy. So I will hand that to you. And we can transition that into our free agency discussion because I think it it underlines a couple of moves the 49ers could could possibly be making in free agency. Yeah, so center's a center's a pretty obvious need at this point, right? Because Weston Richburg yeah. now has had three surgeries since he last played in a game. Um, he had the knee injury, so he had surgery to repair the knee injury, the torn patella tendon. Um, and then he had shoulder surgery, which Kyle Shanahan revealed midway through last season. I, I was told um, after that that really the shoulder wasn't as big of an issue as the knee. Really, it was the knee that kept him from playing all of 2020. And now mm-hmm. add a hip injury to this. And then it's like, all right, is is Weston Richburg ever going to play football again? I think that might be a more relevant question than is he you know, is he done with the Niners? I think Weston Richburg very well could end up retiring. Um, And you you go back to 2018, too. He played basically from late September on with a tendon ruptured connecting his thigh to his knee. Um, Sounds awful. Yeah, and needed extensive surgery after the 2018 season. Um, so this is a guy who's gone through it a little bit since he joined the 49ers. And I think it's pretty clear, especially with Ben Garland as a free agent, Richburg as a free agent with the fact that Daniel Brunskill didn't play all that well at center when he was there. He's also, um, I think an exclusive rights free agent, like the 49ers need to add a center. So that has to be part of their off season equation. And we, and we'll talk about that, but first, like, the team has about 13 million in cap space, right? So basically get like if Richburg leaves or if they cut Richburg, I think it's going to be something like a four and a half million dollar uh, cap savings. So that'll help. Right. That'll put them in 17 million dollar range. And they, and they can clear cap space by, you know, if if some if, if they can figure out a way to, to get out of D Ford's contract, that could potentially open up significantly more money. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the injury guarantees in his contract stipulate, and we haven't heard from John Lynch since the season ended. Um, and hopefully, we'll we'll be able to talk to them, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, next week. 
um, fingers crossed because, you know, we, we normally would have heard from them by now at the scouting combine. So we would have some right. of these answers under normal circumstances. Obviously, there's no combine. But we should have some of that information maybe next week sort of uh, ahead of free agency. So I'm expecting, you know, if the cap's at $180 million, which I guess is a floor right now, 49ers would have, you know, $17, 18000000 million in space. And then potentially up to 22, 25, if they're able to figure out something with D Ford and maybe restructure Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I think the 49ers are going to have substantially more space than the 13 million they're projected to have at the moment on the, you yeah. know, Spo track and over the cap, which seems to fluc- fluctuate a lot because I check those websites almost daily. But, um, yeah, so it's, you know, I I'm think. I'm going to need at some point the D Ford restructure explained to me. Like on five. So, yeah. Well, the way John Lynch explained it during the season was that it was more about operational costs. Oh, like yeah, they no. needed to clear cap right. space last year because they were dealing with so many injuries and they had to sign guys off the street. So that's how John Lynch explained it. It was never really clear to me either, and that's another thing. Because that... I think He's a that, 14.3 million dead money hit. Yeah. Yeah, and it happened it happened at a very odd time. I think it happened after he got hurt last year, right? Early yes. in the season? Yes. It, that that's a that was a very odd odd bit of cap mechanics that they did. Um and usually the 49ers are pretty sound when it comes to cap sp- stuff with with Prague Morate. You could argue about like the, you know, the size and length of contracts, but usually just on on cap mechanics stuff, they're pretty they're pretty good with that. I don't know what went into that D4 decision either. Um, that's something definitely worth looking into, but so, I mean, looking, you know, zooming out, you have to, I mean, looking at the rest of the league, 15 teams have less than 10 million in cap space and there are what nine or 10 with that are in the red at the moment. Um, including the saints who are 62 million in the red, the Rams are 35 million in the red. The chiefs are 23 million in the red. Jeez. Um, God, the Lions are six million in the red. How is that happening? The Bears are six million in the red. Packers are eleven million in the red. I couldn't imagine being in the red and not having a quarterback. That's right, like the brutal. Bears are the Bears are seven million in the red, and like Mitch Trubisky's a free agent, and what they're gonna run it back with Nick Foles? That's crazy. Anyway, That's so like the Forty Nine ers the Raiders are three have three point nine million in cap space. Yeah. Like how? Why? How does that happen? <laughs> how are you? How are you bad? With that much of your cap sucked up, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, might might have to do with Trent Brown getting his contract. Um, but so ultimately, like with revenue being down around the league, and with so few teams having cap space, and there are a couple teams that have a ton of cap space. Um, you know, the Jaguars have eighty five million, the Jets seventy seven million, Patriots sixty six million, um, Colts forty four million. Um, so there are teams that have cap space. So the 49ers aren't in a terrible spot um, mm-hmm. at the moment from from a cap perspective. And they are going to be able to give out big contracts this offseason because they can be creative. Um, you know, whether it's Trent Williams or Fred Warner, I'm expecting those guys to have very minimal cap numbers on the first year of those contracts. Assuming the 49ers are able to re-sign Williams, which is obviously a big question mark at this point. But I, they can make a $20 million a year contract work for somebody like Trent Williams by giving him a prorated signing bonus. They could add some dummy years on the end of the deal. 
um, to spread that out more so his cap hits are less as the deal goes on while he's getting that money in his pocket. So players don't care about their cap hits. I don't know if that's if that's a well-known thing, but like cap hits don't matter at all to players. When George Kittle signed his contract, you get your signing bonus right up front, right? So George Kittle signed that contract and got $18 million direct deposit in his bank account soon after, right? So the 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 reason why the 49ers who don't have a ton of cap space could afford a player making an average of how much of of more than they can Trent Williams could get 20 million a year and they could only have you know 13 million in space or whatever because they can backload those contracts so they did it with Kittle they'd probably do it with Fred Warner um even though that contract's not going to come till till the summertime I would think but the point is the larger point is it's not a great time to be a free agent because so few teams have money and, you know, particularly at positions like receiver, like it's not a great time to be Kendrick Bourne because, you know, you're not, you're probably not going to cash out and teams have have to look at what's happened in the draft the last couple of years and say, why would I pay a free agent when I can draft somebody? Um, and there have been so many good receivers that come out in, in, you know, last year and a couple years before that, like, why why pay a guy when you can draft somebody in the third or fourth round for right. similar production at, at a quarter of the price, right? So the market is going to be saturated with free agents, I think, at just about every position. Um, and it's the I think the smart teams are going to differentiate themselves from the dumb teams. I think, you know, I like if you're a team giving out one of these mid-level free agents, like a big contract, like I think 70% of the time it's just going to be a bad decision. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be the elite guys like Trent Williams and Dak Prescott and Corey Lindsley and Allen Robinson and those guys who are all going to get paid because they're worth it. But then like the tiers below them are probably going to be overpaid and the smart teams are going to avoid making those deals. So it's interesting to to look at sort of how the 49ers are approaching it. And based on history, like the Niners don't have a, a great history with free agents, right? Like the 2017 mm-hmm. class, Malcolm Smith, obviously not good. Um, Pierre Garçon was fine, but he he got hurt, didn't last. Like uh, Jarek McKinnon, obviously didn't work out. Weston Richburg played well, but the injuries are are gonna pretty much cost him. Um, looks like his career and at least his his tenure with San Francisco. So there are swings and misses, and I know fans often see teams pay a lot in free agency and then wonder why like the Niners aren't doing anything, and it's just a lot of times those end up being bad deals and you pay for past performance more than future performance. And the 49ers just can't really afford to make any of those mistakes. So aside from Trent Williams and maybe Kyle Juszczyk, like I'm thinking the 49ers are going to hold tight and we're going to see them maybe wait a few weeks till some of these other free agent signings start to trickle in because I think that's what smart teams are going to do. Yeah. Yeah, like, Joukowsky Tart isn't going to go the first day of free agency, you know? Like, he might... He, I, I could see Joukowsky Tart being available for a month. Like, Solomon Thomas could be available over the summer. Yeah. Like, I, and, and a lot of that is because of his ACL tear. But those, like, I don't think teams are going to be in a hurry to sign any of these guys because they don't have cap space and they would rather look into the draft. And there are so many players out there in the market right now. So, yeah. I think, I think it's in a gonna normal be bargain year... Hunting. I think in a normal year, a team like the Patriots, if they had $66 million in cap space, they might be willing to overpay a little bit for a player like Kendrick Bourne. 
on a on a team that has no receivers and hey, here's a guy who can score touchdowns and and creates first downs. Right. But I don't that I I think you're right. I don't think there's going to be guys are going to get paid. Like Shaq Barrett the yeah. Buccaneers defensive end. He's going to get paid. He's had two really, really strong seasons in a row, and teams are going to pay for pass rushers. But those kind of mid-tier guys are... Like, Kwan Williams is a player I'm fascinated to see what his market winds up looking like. Yeah. Because he's a player who may go to Robert Sala and the Jets on a relatively normal deal, or... um he winds up signing somewhere for like six million a year and it's just way below what he would make in a normal, normal setting. Yeah. I think there are going to be a lot of one term, a lot of one year deals. Yes. uh, And minimal contracts for maybe some big name, bigger name guys. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, it's all going to, it for the 49ers, it's going to be about bargain hunting, but ultimately the, their biggest, their biggest issue is Trent Williams. Um, I make, you know, Trent Williams is, is the big domino and, and we could probably start with the offensive line here because left tackle would obviously be in need if Trent William, Williams leaves. And I'd expect somebody, you know, like Cam Robinson or Alejandro Villanueva or Russell Okung maybe to come in and, and be a cheaper replacement than Williams. But obviously those guys aren't, aren't at the same level as Williams. who's probably the best left tackle in football right now, or He's at least one of, one the, of the top if you were three to- or four. If you were to list like all the best players at their position, or or just all the best players in the NFL, Trent Williams might be like a top like eight or ten player. Yeah, totally, totally. He's really good. Yeah, and which is why he's probably going to get twenty million a year from the Niners or somebody else. But the point mm-hmm. is, like, if they don't bring him back, then they do have a little bit more flexibility. Though they would need to find a left tackle. So, like, if they, you know, we could. There, there are millions of different scenarios we can we can look at if Trent Williams leaves and what the 49ers could do because they have needs at pass rusher and cornerback and maybe they invest some of that money and more you know they go into the top tier free agent to um, in one of those positions if they end up losing Williams. Um, but I think you know what losing Williams might mean could be like the 49ers might not have any interest in Corey Lindsley, the Packers all pro center as a free agent mm-hmm. unless Williams leaves. And that might make a ton of sense. You might be able to get Corey Lindsley and somebody like Gabe Jackson to play right guard for less than you would pay Williams. You might be able to upgrade center and right guard and then use, you know, the 12th overall pick on Rashawn Slater from Northwestern or something. And then you basically, like, you should have a really good offensive line. If Rashawn Slater's as good as some of the draft experts think he think he's going to be, and then your center's Corey Lindsley, your right guard's Gabe Jackson, joining, you know, Mike McGlinchey and, and Lakin Tomlinson on that front, that's probably a pretty good front. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but if you, if you re-sign Williams, then it becomes obviously much more difficult to make some of those significant additions elsewhere but maybe somebody like Gabe Jackson comes on the cheap on a one-year deal for below market because he wants to you know wants to play on a contending team for a season and you know put together a good season maybe win a Super Bowl and then hit the market again next year there could be you know and and Jackson's just an example of one of you know he he's he's just one of the veterans that could be in a situation like that they could view the 49ers as a team that's contending this year and sign for a cheap deal. Maybe that happens. 
Um, but you had you had an idea at tight end because you're a big Titans guy. That, uh, Huge that Titans we talk, guy. We can talk about. Yeah, I think tight end in general is is the position I'm most fascinated by because I think I can't get out of my head that the 49ers pursued Austin Hooper last year knowing he was the top available tight end on the market. Right. And I don't think it had anything to do with maybe they maybe they thought, "Oh, we can sign this guy and then trade Kittle." I don't think it was that at all. I think they want a second pass catching tight end agree if charlie even if charlie werner and ross dwelly are awesome blockers like they're just not there as pass catchers they're not going to threaten teams so i haven't been able to get that out of my head and i think it's why they brought in jordan reed as well so johnny smith former titans tight end coming out of college compared favorably to delaney walker and then produced in the nfl he's a really really excellent player who i think falls into that that tier of player that in a normal year might get cashed out a little bit, but in a year like this, he might kind of fall through the cracks. And along with Smith, Jared Cook got released by the Saints, another really high-end pass-catching tight end. Jordan Reed is a, is a free agent if the Niners want to bring him back and try and, and, try and run that back. Gerald Everett from the, from the Rams, I think, got underutilized a little bit with with Sean McVay, but he's an extremely talented player. I, if the Niners aren't going to go this route in the draft, I would not be shocked to see them make a play for any one of those guys. Because yeah. especially, especially a player like Smith who can be an inline blocker. He can play a similar role to Kyle Juszczyk. I don't think he can be a fullback, but he can move around like that. He can line up in multiple spots. He lines up in the slot he can split out wide. It's just I think that adding another wrinkle like that to the Niners offense where it allows Kyle Shanahan to mix up his personnel but give teams a bunch of different looks out of that personnel. I think Smith really fits that uh that that theme really well. And so if he does if his market does wind up not developing, I think the Niners should absolutely make a play for him or another one of the guys I listed, which, which also I think fit into that mold a little bit. Yeah, totally agree. Um, your Johnny Smith thoughts. Yeah. I'm just fascinated <laughs> overall to see if there's going to be a philosophical shift. If Kyle use plays elsewhere. Yeah. Um, Don't sleep on Tommy tremble, by the way, I know it's not a draft pod, but big Tommy tremble guy from Notre Dame. Anyways, keep going. Um, <laughs> haven't dove into the fullbacks yet, but it like, uh, is there going to be more eleven personnel? Is there going to be more um, two tight end personnel? Yeah, like I th- that that's really something that that I'm interested to to see and maybe potentially ask Kyle Shanahan about if we get ever get to talk to him this off season. Um, because you know Kyle Ustek's far from a lock to come back. He's from the East right. Coast. The Jets have Mike Lafleur. Um, what you know, I I, I could think of far worse uses of five or six million dollars a year for the Jets and to bring in Kyle Juszczyk and help them yeah. not only run the offense but help everyone else learn it because he went to Harvard I don't know if you knew that get out um, of town yeah yeah smart guy so um yeah the the tight end thing could be fascinating because making up for Juszczyk might be adding uh, another tight end and it's going to be something we'll talk about with the draft too with Kyle Pitts even though it seems like there's a ton of momentum now that for him to be like a top five top eight player 
mm-hmm. not make it to 12. But um, but I think Pitts would be kind of, maybe kind of a luxury pick, depending on how free agency shakes out for the 49ers, but um, something that certainly has to be discussed as at least a possibility. I think you can say the same thing about quarterback a little bit, obviously to a different extent because it's a more yeah. important position. But the free agency classic quarterback is if you're in need of a starter, I think you're in pretty dire straits. But if you're in need of a backup who can win you some games, let's say if your starting quarterback is unavailable for a stretch of games, I think you feel pretty comfortable with a lot of the players in this year's group. Totally. Um, Yeah, I think Andy Dalton makes a ton of sense. Obviously, a long history of starting with the with the Bengals. Not a great player, but I think probably a, a top third backup. Um, if if anyone is ranking backups, I think they they would have to throw Dalton in the top third. Uh, Jacoby Brissett and and Ryan Fitzpatrick makes sense. Um, I don't know, maybe Mitchell Trubisky's available. Uh, so I I think it like somebody like that would make a ton of sense for the 49ers, just given that. Not necessarily Trubisky, but the Dalton, Brissett, Fitzpatrick. I think Dalton would probably be Kyle Shanahan's desired option because he's steady. He he's not like Fitzpatrick is a complete roller coaster. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure you want a roller coaster as your backup. I think you'd want somebody more steady. And and when I think of Nick Mullins, that's sort of one of the traits I think about with him is he's he's kind of steady. Um, he wasn't great and obviously needed to play better, but just as a steady personality, um, somebody who's not going to necessarily ruffle feathers, not that I'm saying Fitzpatrick would, would ruffle feathers, but somebody who's not going to come out and throw four touchdowns one week and then four inter- interceptions the next week. Like you have a right. better idea of what you're getting with somebody like that. And I think Dalton is more Dalton and Brissett are more of that guy than Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think. And Dalton ultimately the big thing is if, again if the 49ers had to start Andy Dalton for 16 games I don't think they'd be very good but if they have to start Andy Dalton for six weeks because Jimmy Garoppolo had a high ankle sprain you know just picking a scenario from last year you'd feel good about his ability to split those three games and not go one and five or two and four yeah you definitely feel better I mean, the, yeah. the other thing, too, about... And ideally, you don't have your backup playing at all, but yeah, yeah. that's I mean, that's where the 49ers are at. The, the thing is with 2021 is the 49ers' skill guys should probably be the best group that they've had since Kyle Shanahan came here, right? Right. And, like, the Niners' offense in 2019 was really good. This could be a more talented offense um, that, than that. And so... You know, no matter who's playing quarterback, like it could be a very quarterback friendly situation to be in. And given Jimmy Garoppolo's health, it might be that might lead to somebody like Andy Dalton coming in on a cheaper deal because he could look at it the situation and say, Man, I could get I could get a lot of playing time here, maybe more than I would in another spot with a yeah. with a more durable quarterback. The one other spot we're gonna talk about, the number of wide receivers available is astonishing like and good wide receivers yeah like pretty decent decent players and let's let's rip through some of these some of these available wide receivers yeah 
I think um, I mean obviously obviously a guy like like Allen Robinson jumps out at the top. I don't expect the Niners to be players for him. But the TY Hilton uh Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, I mean Golden there's Tate, Brashad Perriman, Will Fuller. Yeah, like there there are guys that Curtis Samuel. They're yeah, there are guys you're not going to break the bank for most likely. Yeah. Um, Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, Tavon Austin's back on the market. So is Mahomes. 49ers legend DeAndre White. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, th- I mean, there are a lot of guys who would make sense as a number three receiver that you yes. could potentially get as cheap because the market's going to be so flooded. And like Green. I said, teams teams might look at the draft and say, why would I pay for somebody like this? Like, the Niners could go get Marvin Jones for probably a pretty cheap contract, right? Yeah, I think so. Like that would be a real nice pickup. Like T.Y. Hilton's probably gonna get paid from by, by somebody. Like so I could totally see the Raiders overpaying for somebody like that. Especially, especially, and you mentioned the draft. Especially with how successful this past year's wide receiver class was. Right. Exactly. There's if if and this is I think the point you're making. If you have a choice between paying Marvin Jones upwards of 10 million a year or drafting a couple receivers on day two. Yeah. I think a lot of teams are, are going to go that route. Agreed. Yeah. Like somebody like Sammy Watkins, like I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to get. Obviously a highly drafted player, kind of a big name, but not somebody who's been super productive, Mm -hmm. but if he's like your third or fourth guy, you know, like that's that's not a terrible place to be if Sammy yeah. Watkins is your third or fourth receiver. My um, and you could probably get him for cheap, and he's still twenty seven. And you know, he's not he's not somebody that you want to rely on as one of your top two guys. But like, you have a pretty high ceiling as a receiving core if he's if he's, you know, not not at the top of it, not at the top of the depth chart, I should say. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because it's such a dumb thing, but. I loved Zay Jones before the draft. Yeah. And he's been a pretty unremarkable NFL player. But I just think his skill set would be something that Kyle Shanahan really likes. Yeah. So my my like wild swing prediction is the 49ers sign Zay Jones. What about John Ross? Doesn't Can cut he... outside of his frame. <laughs> Good so question. Probably, yeah. I think you have to be able to cut cut outside of your frame if you're a yeah. uh, if you're a former first round pick. But like, you know, Kyle Shanahan got a good season out of Marquise Goodwin. Like he could look at John Ross and say, maybe I could make him my speed gadget, yeah. whatever guy. Um, you know, on a prove it one million dollar deal for a year. You know, like and Chris Chris used some kind of heavy football uh, words there, vernacular. Yeah, vernacular, mm-hmm. uh, a speed gadget guy <laughs> is a like multifaceted wide receiver. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think you said um, speed gadget whatever guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. So. Um, literally where we are. It's 522. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, I'm not drinking, actually. So. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the broadest point here is that I think the smart teams are going to go bargain hunting. The dumb yes. teams, the desperate teams are going to overpay. And I think 49ers fans should probably be happy with... I think Trent Williams is really sort of how, how you define success and failure for the 49ers in free agency. If they don't bring back Trent Williams and they don't replace him with the, with at least a capable, capable veteran that, that you could feel okay with starting. Like you ideally don't want to go into the draft pigeonhole at tackle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, though that, that's just not an, a great place to be. That's not that the 49ers can't field a good offensive line without Williams. Cause we talked about maybe Lindsley or Jackson or whatever equivalent. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think ultimately Trent Williams is the biggest piece and I would not expect the 49ers to make a whole bunch of other moves um, to to bring in guys with any sort of track record or notoriety or anything like that because I think they're just they're going to wait and they're going to focus on the draft. Let's jump over to the defense. But first, I need to talk to you guys about Blue Wire Hustle. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, which is a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you're just sitting there not knowing where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, check out this list. This is crazy. You'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the listening platforms. And the best part is... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You get all of what I just listed for just 15 bucks a month. That's about the same rate that any other hosting site would charge you just to get set up. And they wouldn't supply you with podcasters to ask questions to and personal cover art. They're not giving you any of that. And Blue Wire Hustle is giving you all of that for just 15 bucks a month. So whether you're starting from scratch or maybe you have an existing show that you just want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that is bwhustle.com slash join. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. 
We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Like the 49ers defense, well, so much of the conversation revolves around Jimmy Garoppolo and the offense. I think the 49ers defense is going to continue to be their bread and butter, even with with Robert Sala gone. I think as long as Garoppolo is under center, they're going to need their defense to be really good to to make a Super Bowl run. Yep. So the two biggest areas, and I mean, they they, they could make free agent moves elsewhere, but I, I think we're going to limit this to two positions for the free agent conversation. The first one is defensive end where they are very thin in terms of depth. It's Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, who's at his best rushing the passer from the inside. So they need some defensive end help. I'm of the mind that that's the direction they go with their first round pick. But if you start getting into the realm where they're letting Trent Williams go free agent pass rushers start to come into play a little bit. Yeah. They could afford one of those guys. Yeah. Right. Like they could afford Shaq Barrett or Carl Lawson. Um, you know that Melvin Ingram, maybe he could go from playing with one Bosa to the other. Um, you know, maybe Justin Houston, somebody who they get on a cheaper contract, Romeo Aquara from the lions, I think is kind of interesting. I think he had double digit sacks last year, kind of out of nowhere. Or maybe they just try to bring back Harry Hyder and, and Ronald Blair, um, who are obviously free agents. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's why Williams is such a big domino. I, can't, I hate to keep harping on it, but, like, if they lose Williams, then, okay, then then they could sign a pass rusher um, that were a, a top-tier cornerback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens with Ford, ultimately, because that's going to define a lot of what happens there. Because if there is a glimmer of hope that Ford can be healthy in 2021, um, then maybe it, it is the draft that they, that they bring somebody in and they afford a first round pick and then Bosa, you know, playing defensive end. And maybe that's fine, but it's more than likely given that D Ford has had back issues in the past and that he wasn't exactly, uh, available every down in 2019 when he was far more healthy than 2020, like you, you can't count on D Ford, especially at that number that he's that he's slated to make, to be there. So yeah, the right. Shaq Barrett I think would make a ton of sense. Um, he's probably gonna get something in the sixteen seventeen million dollar a year range, maybe eighteen, which is, you know, that's what Ford got from the Forty ers a couple years ago. Um, so maybe they would be in that mix if Williams leaves. Yeah, that's where. We mentioned the receiver market and where a player like Marvin Jones, who's a really, really good, productive NFL receiver, might not get paid how he would in a normal year. I'm really, really intrigued by the pass rusher market because teams are always looking for good pass rushers. Yeah. But if you can't afford to pay one, yeah, like, like, is it? Is it one of those things where teams are going to be like, all right, uh, we need to go get Carl Lawson. Um, 
let's move some stuff around so we can afford him? Or are they going the route that we brought up with receivers where they just say, that ah, we'll grab somebody in the draft and hope they can be just as productive for like, is, you know a fraction of the price? Totally. And is somebody like Ryan Kerrigan, like, is he going to have a super robust market? Like, I, no, I think Ryan Kerrigan's going to play for the 49ers. He's 33. He's probably not going to command a whole ton of money. But if you can get Ryan Kerrigan, you know, for on one of those deals that everybody talks about that all the smart teams sign, like the, the five, six, seven, eight million dollar deals. If you can get Ryan Kerrigan on a deal like that and he ends up playing a lot for you, like that could be, end up being a really nice addition. Yeah. Um, and he's he's coming off a season in which he didn't play all that much because Vince Young got drafted and and Montez Sweat sort of came on. So like he he might be cheaper than he would normally, not only because of just the, the depressed salary cap market and the money available, but because he didn't he didn't have a big year last year with he, with Washington. And he might be perfect to play opposite Bosa. Um so yeah, there are a lot of guys like that. Everson Griffin, Alex Okafor, um, you know, Bruce Irvin is probably not somebody. Tack McKinley's available. Um, like there are a lot of uh, a lot of pass rushers, which you know I think the 49ers will be able to add one. It just sort of depends on what um, whether or not Trent Williams comes back, which I'm tired of saying, but that's sort of how all this works. It's literally <laughs> how everything. It, it it's what everything revolves around. If it yeah. gets announced that the 49ers sign Trent Williams, I'm just going to make up numbers here. Sign Trent Williams to a four year. Uh, quick math to make it at least make a little sense. Eighty-four. Uh, carry the one. Four eighty-four. I was the DeForest okay, Buckner deal. Okay, so four-year, ninety million dollar contract. <laughs> uh, it's something in that range. All of a sudden, it goes okay. That adjusts the calculus. Now, of course, Chris and I would be waiting to see the structure before making any real judgments. The structure is the most important thing. So important, <laughs> and honestly, like that's a bit, but it would be. <laughs> it would like it's that's a it's a bit that we do but if the cap hit on that deal is five million yeah. this year that changes a lot yeah so sure. so that's honestly again we're gonna go back to Trent Williams but I wonder if they would try and do that structure the deal in such a way that it's super cheap on the front end and then try and sign these other guys to these one-year deals where that money comes off the books next year as Williams cap hits start to increase. Right. But yeah, that's what, but, but again, if the structure dictates that, you know, he has a massive salary cap hit this year or in 2021. Now all of a sudden the calculus changes for how they're filling out the roster elsewhere. Like they have 10 draft picks and I don't imagine they're intending to have a five player draft class again. So I think they're, I think they're fully intending to use a bunch of draft picks to help restock the cupboard because they don't intend on on having a ton of money in free agency. My early take is the 49ers are going to trade. My I don't know is it a take is a prediction a take or is a take Let, just an opinion? It's anyway. going to be trade back and pick up as many picks as they can. Yeah. Um yeah. That's my prediction. That's what they're going to do. That is your rock solid. I think it's come up once a week. Yeah. So. And it's probably going to come up every episode until the draft because we're going to talk about the draft quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah, it makes sense. It's a sound theory by you. Yeah. Anyways, cheap talent helps you get to the Super Bowl, like the 49ers learned in 2019 when all their good players were on rookie contracts except for the quarterback. Woof. And um, Joe Staley 
and D Ford and Richard Sherman. But other than that, a lot of rookie contracts. Real quick, um, Kelly Oubre out for the Warriors against the Suns. Going to be a rough one. If yeah, you're I don't into plan on watching. Yeah. Yikes. No Steph Curry, no Draymond Green. Listen to Light Years, the Golden State Warriors podcast on Blue Wire. And join them on Locker Room. Yeah, join them on Locker Room. I do it after every single game. They're on Locker Room. And it's a terrific post-game show. Sam Esfandiari and Andy Liu. Uh, shout out to those guys. This has been Light Minutes on Kansas City Chronicles. <laughs> the, other, the other position that, that is a really glaring need on defense is cornerback. Is and that's been the conversation since you know last year when when we realized that the Niners are going to have no cornerbacks under contract. They have four under contract for next year right now. They are Ken Webster, Adonis Alexander, Tim Harris Jr., and the recently acquired off waivers, Mark Fields II. Ken Webster is the only player of those four that has started an NFL game, and it was the five he started for the Dolphins in 2019. Not exactly the Legion of Boom. I mean, so I, I'm you fascinated can, I mean, you to can, see what they do. You can theorize, but yeah. you don't know that. Right. <laughs> right. Like, so the Lions released Desmond Trufant today, or mm-hmm. it, it was reported that they're going to release Desmond Trufant. And I tweeted about Desmond Trufant, and I don't think Desmond Trufant would necessarily be a great pickup, just given his injury history. But I think he's the type of player that would make sense for them to add because he's a veteran with a pedigree. Um, he played for new secondaries coach Corey Undlin in, in Detroit. And that's sort of the bargain bin that I think the 49ers would be looking at at cornerback. And, and I'm expecting them to make a run, a, a significant run, at bringing back Jason Brett. And they're probably going to retain Emmanuel Mosley, who's um, who's exclusive. So there's it's probably more likely that their big investment in corner is going to come in the draft potentially in the first or second round. I, I would honestly be surprised if they didn't draft a corner in, in rounds one or two. Um, but like there, there aren't terrible names. The The big question though, that I have about the 49ers defense is what's it going to look like structurally. And is it still going to be like, you know, like they were in 2017 where they only wanted tall, long armed guys uh, yeah. because they wanted to play that Seattle scheme or, is it going to be another evolution away from that, which the 49ers have kind of gotten away from, from a coverage standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I have no idea what style of corner they're, they're going to look at with D'Amico Ryan's now as defensive coordinator, um, because we haven't gotten to talk to D'Amico Ryan's yet either. Um, so we haven't been able to, to ask him any of these questions. So like, you know, there, there are some names like William Jackson of the Bengals, good player. Quentin Dunbar, Seahawks, maybe familiarity with the scheme, potentially, if that's what they run. Shaquille Griffin, same boat. Um, Shadobi Awuzie with the Cowboys. Akella Witherspoon's old teammate with Colorado, second-round pick in uh, 2017, I want to say. Um, I think those are the type of people that would make sense. Maybe Mike Hilton is is a tier below Kwan Williams in terms of being a slot guy. Mm-hmm. but might be somebody that you could get cheaper than, than what K1 Williams might end up getting. So um, I think cornerback is tough because there isn't like a slam dunk guy. And if there were a slam dunk guy, he would probably be really expensive. And the 49ers probably aren't going to be able to afford an expensive free agent corner. Um, so they're going to go bargain hunting, I think in the secondary when it comes to free agency. And I think their focus on replenishing that spot is going to be through the draft. And we'll talk about J.C. Horn yeah. and Fairley and 
um, Patrick Sertan Jr. and all those guys leading up to the draft. But that's sort of um, that's where I'm at with their cornerback spot right now. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're probably about about right. They're they're obviously not going to try and fill in an entire depth chart in free agency, but you also can't fill an entire depth chart through the draft. And I think that's going to lead to like, I don't think Jason Verrett's market's going to be huge. So I think you can bring back a guy like Jason Verrett, but then again, his injury history still matters. So he can't be your only answer. And I think Emmanuel Mosley, his, his market, I don't think is going to be, is going to be massive. Uh, All the guys you mentioned make a lot of sense. And then, Depending on how the team feels about the quality of corner they they get, maybe they get one in the first round, maybe they trade back and and, and take one later in the first round, or maybe they they do the thing where they wait until you know late day two and then early day three and try and scoop a couple different players that that can step in and compete for spots. So there's there's a ton of ways they can go. What I don't what I don't think happens is I don't think Trent Williams' contract affects how they go about signing cornerbacks really at all. Outside of maybe K1 Williams. Yeah, cuz there there isn't really the I think that's a good point. There there isn't like the elite guy hitting the market. Right? right? Like the, there's yeah, no Yeah, I think they're all in the same kind of there's Price no Trent range. Brown or sorry, there's no Trent Williams of cornerbacks coming available. Like there's not even Patrick Peterson and AJ Bouye. Are they the best corners available? Like there, there just aren't maybe. a lot of there. There just aren't. It doesn't seem like, you know, Richard Sherman. There's going to um, be a guy we're forgetting. Hang on. I'm finding out right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking like Josh Norman. <laughs> yeah. Joking. It's a joke. Yeah. There are a lot no, of but corners, but no, it's I, this is a this is a who's who of guys that are like, oh yeah, that guy's pretty good. Yeah. Like, that guy's fine. So, like, could you get Jason McCourty? Would you want to get Jason McCourty, who's thirty four, but you might be able to get him for like three million bucks? I don't know. Like maybe Mackenzie Alexander, Kevin Johnson, Terrence I Mitchell. I feel I feel exactly the same toward every single one of the players on this free agent list. Exactly, I totally like, yeah. agree. Like, yeah. Like, all right. like if someone were to say like, "Hey, Chris, Troy Hill or Justin Bethel," <laughs> I just put my hands up. <laughs> like those are definitely two players. Yeah, those are two guys that that play in the league for sure. Um, but yeah, Drake Kirkpatrick, Jonathan Joseph, Tremont Williams, Artie Burns. Like there are a lot of guys, um, and I think the 49ers are probably just going to focus on Verrett and the draft. I think that's probably right. But and, it all depends on what happens and, with Trent Williams, if, just just so I can get that in one more time. <laughs> and specifically the structure of Trent Williams' contract. Yeah, no doubt. Is that all we got? I think that's it. So Thank God. we'll be on Locker Room on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, that's our announcement. I hinted in the, in the pre-roll about an announcement. That's the announcement. We're going to be on Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app. Should we set a time? Or should, should we do it now on the no, pod set of no, time? Okay. No, so absolutely, we'll tweet out. absolutely not. All right. Um, we'll tweet out a time. <laughs> we'll do all the proper um, social media. Yeah, so the way so promotion. the way locker room so the way locker room works is Chris and I will be chatting there, like like doing a podcast. 
and you can listen live. So when we fuck mess up, um, you can hear it. <laughs> no, but you can also then request to ask questions. We can take questions live rather than than you know answering them off Twitter. And it's you know live communication. It's like talking on the phone. And so this would be a really fun way to be able to engage and take questions and hear your thoughts because you know Chris and I are two people with thoughts and and getting other people's ideas and opinions is is only going to help the conversation so uh that's something we're both really looking forward to i think i can speak for chris in saying that yeah keep an eye out for a specific time but we will be doing that we'll be answering free agency questions and then we're going to be doing this up through the draft and and into training camp hopefully and and you know fingers crossed if it goes well into into the regular season yeah, probably Monday or Tuesday night evening time. One yeah, of I those. think Monday, Monday night. Some some hashtag Monday night football. Okay, I think is a open hashtag that nobody uses. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it'll be fun. It, it'll be more of a discussion. We can have it'll be more free flowing because people can interact with us. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, not that me too. Yeah, I, I mean this not in not, not in a disrespectful way, but like. I'm looking forward, just given the pandemic, to sort of switching it up, and not that like, we're sitting here and talking with you is great and everything, but we've done it over two hundred. But you're times tired now. of it. <laughs> we've done it over two hundred <laughs> times. No, and here's switching here, it up, adding a little freshness to things might help. Here's the other not thing: that we need help. That's you know, I just I like just, it'll be new, it'll be fresh. I like talking to people. I don't like tweeting with people. Like I don't interacting like on Twitter is fine. Interacting interacting on Twitter is fine, but but jokes get lost and tone gets lost. Um, right. You know, I've had times where someone will say something to me, and I think they're being a dick, and so I'll respond in kind, and then I get a DM that's like, "Hey, totally didn't mean it that way. You don't have to be an asshole about it." It's like, "Oh, yeah. my bad." So I'm just I'm really looking forward to engaging in some 49ers talk in in that way, in person, like so, hearing voices and having conversations. It'll be. My, my goal, Much once we're post-pandemic, is doing a live show somewhere. That's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody uh, anybody has ideas on venues or wants to host us, um, send us uh, We'll happily come buy beer. Yeah. We will, we will happily come drink your beer and promote your beer. Preferable or chicken wings. <laughs> if you serve beer or chicken wings, you might be an ideal candidate to host us for a live show. Um, but... You know, one or the other. I'm a big too. coffee guy. If you're, if you're on a coffee yeah. shop, yeah. Love a local coffee shop. Yeah, potentially. All right, we're so gonna get out of here. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Um, yeah, check it, check out, uh, or be on the lookout for locker room links. Download the locker room map. Yeah, download the Just locker download room map. Just download it now, and that way, once we start the pod, the live pod, you can just click the link and go. Yep. All right, we're out. Subscribe, rate, review. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.